Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And here we are, just days out from a race. We are recording a little late because welcome, well, first, welcome back to She Loves the Grid. Uh, I'm Claire with a raspy voice because we're recording a day late because I've been sick. It sounds good, though. It sounds good. I'm Diane. I'm it's, it's extra raspy, extra sexy, I guess. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> Claire's got her sexy, sick voice on. <laughs> um, so, wow, we are, so now we are just, uh, since it's Monday, we're just, as we're recording, and we'll release it's it for We're just a few days away, even closer to, to race week. Oh my God, it's finally race week. I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, it's race week. It's race week. And do you know what else? It's back-to-back -back race week. We go back-to-back. -back. Yes. Bahrain and Saudi Arabia. And woo, I can't believe it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I am too. I am too. Well, let's get started. Our usual, how how was your, your week? Good. It was a busy. I feel like the last three weeks have just been super busy doing lots of fun things. But this weekend, I didn't do a whole lot because I needed to catch up. Like I needed to catch up on my Italian lessons. I needed to catch up on cleaning my house, like TV, which we'll talk about here in just a second. So yeah, it was really kind of a nice weekend to just chill. What about you? You know, after the trip to and from the U.S. this last week has been a little slow. I'm, I'm actually on sick leave from work because I've injured, done something to my back. So for those who are on YouTube, you may see me just barely able to move. I can, it's a little odd. So on top of getting a cold, I uh, can barely turn my head. So I've been kind of a lazy bump on the log. It's kind of been nice. Sleeping in late, not doing much. Yeah. Waiting on tests. So German healthcare system has been amazing though. So I've been enjoying that. Um, but yeah. And, and then catching up on what we'll be talking about, you know, drive to survive. So yeah. And the hours and hours of testing, just hours and hours. Of Oof, I know. Oh my goodness. Well, we'll get to that too, but let's talk about drive to survive. Ah, uh, I don't think we, I don't think we'll give any spoilers. I've been online, especially this morning. And it seems like everybody spent the weekend watching it. So if for some reason you did not watch Drive to Survive this weekend and you don't want spoilers, even though it's basically a recap of what happened last year, um, fast forward. Fast forward. <laughs> yeah. Fast forward a smidge. Um, okay. What do you, what were your thoughts just overall? Yeah. So, you know, we, we talked briefly before we got to recording. I do think it was better than last season. Um, I, I still don't, I mean, I, I have to say, I appreciate the first few seasons because I hadn't been watching F1, so it really caught me up to speed of what was going on. Um, but for someone, if you're brand new to the sport, it's still not a good season to start with. You, It's still, it, there's so much missing, and there were so many big things. It was interesting watching it, having watched the season live. Yeah. And there's so much missing. And, and I know there was controversy after the first few seasons, like with Max and others saying that, you know, they over-dramatize things, they misrepresent and whatnot. And I don't think there's a lot of that this, this season, but they just left out some of the most important things that happened, some of the key things. And then they, they answered a few things, which I thought was interesting, like, you know, like the, the lack of bromance on the Al Alpine team and whatnot. And, um, but there was just, 
so many things that were, I, I don't know, odd, just to me, odd. Um, fun fact, though, in the episode with um, where they talked about Las Vegas, the, the back of the head of the choreographer who's telling them what to do, he's got a little bit of gray in his hair, that is Napoleon Dumo. Shout out to Napoleon from Nabby Tabs. He taught my son a million years ago and, and dance Aww. and whatnot. We know him. He actually, he and his wife wished my son a happy birthday for his 25th birthday video. Um, so, so cool that Nabby Tabs got to do that choreography. They choreographer for like J-Lo and Beyonce and all that kind of stuff. So they're amazing. So he was yeah. labeled as man in the, in the speaking. <laughs> Is that what it said? I missed that. It just said man. So if they weren't an, an actual F1 person, everybody was just man, woman, man, woman. Oh. So it just said man, but you can hear Napoleon speak. So I just want to give a big shout out to Napoleon. Oh, that's he's, he's an awesome individual. And, and it was so cool to see him um, yeah. the back of his head. And I could and I knew his voice. I knew it was him. Anyway. That is so, so fun. Fun fact for me is I personally know somebody who was. <laughs> That's a great fun fact. <laughs> you I, know, I think it was missing missing a lot of uh, heat. What about you? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think I'm with you. I don't feel like there was the extra drama. I thought it was better than last year, even though this year they only covered five races. I kind of might need to go back to the first season because I feel like they. They talked about more races last, or in, like in the first season, or they were at more races, or they had footage for more races. I don't know, but it's it was like the same five um, races, and then you were just seeing different clips of it. So um, I don't think that there was a lot of drama, and I thought that they were going to do like one episode per team, but they didn't. Um, <laughs> there was like an episode and a half of Alpine. There was a smidge of, you know, uh, I think it was, well, now they're Visa, whatever, Cash App, Red Bull team. Um, nothing about Alfa Romeo, but we were just talking beforehand. And, and I said, well, we didn't talk about Alfa Romeo that often on the podcast either, except to say they slide under the radar. You kind of just forget they're there. So maybe, maybe the Netflix team was like, yeah. I mean, there was nothing phenomenal about their season. <laughs> oh, like, like you were saying, they, they skipped out on so many key things, like the Fernando train and the, yes. the, the rise and immediate fall and then comeback of Checo. And they didn't even talk about Max's championship. like Not until the very end and only Christian Horner. So this is what one thing I thought was interesting was that neither Max nor Checo obviously – um, agreed to participate, but Christian Horner was all over that thing. And at the very, very end of that last episode, he, he just, it's like a sentence or two where he says, you know, Max's amazing season and the Red Bull like record breaking season. And that's it. Like, that's it. I think you also, like you just said, there was no talk about the Fernando hype train. Why not? Fernando's been around forever. That's a that's an awesome story. How everybody was jumping on and and he they basically showed what like one podium for him, maybe two, um, but it wasn't even focused on him. Um, and then, but it's also a great story. The fall of Aston Martin, just like I was so disappointed when at the end of uh, episode two when they're talking about McLaren and how bad they're doing, and then they show Lando doing well at Silverstone. 
I, I literally wrote down, there better be more because when they hit their stride, which really was Silverstone, how they leapt because they showed that leaderboard right at, at the beginning of the episode, like they're way down here. They leapt up. Like, where was all of that? Where was Oscar the rookie to win a sprint? Like where, where was that? Info? That's a story, an amazing story. And then I felt, I, I mean, I have mixed emotions. I think it's kind of cool because they, 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 I mean, they had the footage, I guess they didn't know it was going to happen, but they, they focused so much on Gunther, right. And yeah. his book tour and all that kind of stuff. But then just at the very end and his contract wasn't renewed to 2024. <laughs> I know. Which you know, Netflix is not happy about. Of course they put him in there a lot because he was gold for them last year. Like yeah. that was one of the saving graces of that terrible season was Gunter. And I did love him and bringing in Matia um, at Matia's. I don't know if he has a winery, but his grape vineyard um, loved that because I think those two are great together. I got to like practice some of my Italian. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't understand everything that they were saying, but I could pick stuff up to kind of get the idea. But yeah, the other thing I felt bad for was seeing Nick DeVries again and then Otmar. Like, I think we found out more about what happened with Otmar leaving than we even knew. Like, we knew he got kicked out, you know, at the, at the, but who was the guy? Is it the new um, principal that saw him in the paddock and was like, you know, thank you, blah, blah, you know, good luck. He goes, that's life. And you could see Otmar's face is like, what? <laughs> I know that was that was so awkward. Oh, that was so. You know, awkward. one of the things I did think, which I thought props, I don't think meant it to be this way, but a, a cinematic, you know, dramatic, whatever ploy, maybe the dichotomy between Boyles and Gunter, because you had Gunter just dropping f bombs, f bombs, f bombs, and then Boyles is like. I don't think I've raised my voice in over like however many years it's been. Like, yeah. so I thought it was interesting them being in you. I don't know if they purposely did that, but the the compare and contrast between these two different people. I, I thought that was like, I see you Netflix. Are, are you yeah. trying to trying to do a little bit of compare and contrast there? That's such a great that. point because James is very like even keel. Like, I just feel like he does yoga. And he just meditates and, you know, stuff like that. And Gunther is like caffeine once a week because the caffeine, you get used to it. And it only gets effective if you have caffeine. I was like, oh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things I love about James is he, you like he's a nerd, but in like the best way. And he I feel like he says it, you know, he is an engineer, which I think is so important because you have some people that are not engineers. And in there running those teams. And I don't know. I mean, leadership comes in different ways, but he can take it to the next level, I think, as a team principal. I did it. I did enjoy the coverage they did in and around Italy for Ferrari. And yeah. some of the, the that that was kind of cool, you know, that they they featured yeah. some fans and whatnot, some on location kind of stuff yeah. like that. I, I and I love some of the snide comments funny inside comments from different people about like you know the boom well you know they've got you just you, you basically you're taking a poop and there's a boom mic over the bathroom stall you know? Lewis, Lewis kept saying I, I again I don't remember how much he participated in the past I feel like it wasn't as much as this time 
But Lewis was one of those. Um, but I loved how transparent he was. Like he was so just in talking about his contract and, you know, what he wanted to do. And I feel like you could really, especially the conversation between Lewis and Toto, they were sitting down, I think in like Toto's office. It just seemed like it must have been such a hard decision for Lewis to make that choice to leave Mercedes. Granted, we didn't know when the, that was just for his contract last year when we were all like, why, why are they not announcing it? What is what's happening there? There was a lot of angst happening behind the scenes. <laughs> a lot. It was really interesting to watch that, knowing that, yay, we signed this two-year contract. Uh, psych. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> two-year contract with a out after one year. So <laughs> like that's the part they forgot to tell us. I don't think it was an awful season for, for Drive to Survive. Um, was it their worst? Season five, still their worst. Definitely wasn't their best. Like I said, I learned some, some, I think what we got out of it, which is what a cool thing is you got some behind the scenes stuff. What I wish we'd gotten more was a little more technical behind the scenes yeah. and a little more coverage across the teams or kind of that education aspect of it. But, you know, the, the drama stuff sales sells and maybe they were trying to have some kind of, you know, here, let's sit down and share some tea yeah. without being too dramatic because they got all the backlash of making up too much drama. Right. So yeah. it, maybe that's kind of where it was at. They were trying to, because when they, especially when they went into like um, the Ocon and, and Gasly mm. kind of stuff and then yeah. having to get them, I didn't realize that they got called into basically the principal's office and told to, to, to straighten up. It was yeah. Um, well, their battles on track were, and I mean, Ocon is like they said, he's done that with his past teammates too. Is like, come on, it's it's crazy. You're running million dollar cars. Yes, exactly. And I thought that speaking of compare and contrast, that, and we didn't get to hear the whole conversation, but knowing they were called to the principal's office and the different things that were being said about them racing against each other. And then Fred's dinner, lunch, whatever, with Charles and Carlos after they competed head-to-head that race that was just stressing me out beyond belief um, in Monza. And and it was totally, you know, like, yeah, you're right. We probably shouldn't. And I'm like, that just seems so Italian. They're sitting there over a meal, having a conversation, talking about like, you know, that's not what's best for the team. You're right. Let's go get it in Singapore. And then you've got Alpine over here (laughs) racing each other and they get called to the principal's office and we can't hear what they're saying. So (laughs) I thought that was really interesting that they didn't let us in on what was being said. So I'm like, Hmm, there were some butts being chewed. I think so. Like the other funny thing I thought, um, and I know you've got some quotes. You were like, what's like some of your favorite quotes and stuff? Yes. I, I, Tell me your favorite scenes or quotes. So one of my favorites, what I thought was, is I always think it was really cute how Lando kept calling um, Piastri a kid. I'm like, you're two yeah. years apart in age. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, you're such a kid. You're such a young one. You're so young. You're so, I'm like, I had to go look it up. I'm like, you're two years apart in age. Yeah. You're 24. He's 22. You have no right to call him a kid. Uh, maybe he's thinking like kid is because I mean, land has been an F1 for a minute now. So maybe that's it. But yeah, there was another quote where in the car and he's like, he may be young, but he's not dumb. <laughs> like, 
was the breakout this year because he had some quotes. Yeah. Some quotes. The one about Lance freaking <laughs> hysterical. And that was, <laughs> was like, they didn't know the boom was right over, the boom mic was right over them. <laughs> Like they said, that move just shows up out of everywhere, anywhere. Yep. Lando, I think, had some great, great quotes this this go Speaking around. of that, I, it was really neat getting the insight on Lance's wrist, and not I didn't I, I didn't realize how I, I we 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 talked about that. We talked about during that race that he has to be in so much pain because, like, I've broken yeah. a wrist before. I broke it. He's got to be in so much pain. I didn't realize his toe was broken that he used for the gas. I did not know that. Yeah, so I don't remember the toe, or I also did not know like that the brake is like solid. It, I mean, not solid, but like it's really hard. Like you really have to push it. And same with the gas, because he had two broken toes, right? It was like both. I think both feet. Like holy, well, that's the brake, I think the brakes on the steering wheel, isn't it? No, they have pedals. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um. But yeah, so he was, I didn't realize his toe, toe, broken toe, and then he was like his wrist, and it that part was very eye-opening. I mean, I we, we talked about he's got to be in pain, but openly, you didn't hear it, but then behind the scenes, you see that, and, and I have to say, as much as like Papa Stroll can come across as uncaring and this big, you know, egotistical kind of billionaire whatnot, the amount of care he showed about his son was... Yeah heartwarming like yeah you know going to him making sure his wrists are okay how much pain are you in him and his mom that was that was nice to see that too yeah you know? i think that they have a good you know father-son relationship there was one point when lance said i want i what did he say at the beginning of that race something about he needed to do it for his dad or you know he wanted to make his dad proud something to that effect where i was like dude I, your dad would probably be okay with you not being out here. I get oh, yeah. the pressure that, you know, you guys have done so much work and, and, you know, this, this happened, but I do think that Papa Stroll does, he comes, just comes across like outside of the family part of things as very grumpy and like everybody's scared of him. And like, I don't know, just all of even that, Even the event, they showed him that big posh event, you know, yeah. putting on wristbands he's like i don't need a wristband i'm like oh just yeah. the, the cockiness there but then when you see him with this kid and as soon as he found out about the wreck like you could see the sheer panic in his face like yeah. the sheer like and we're gonna do everything we can like yeah. the race the racing didn't matter to him at that point like all he cared about yeah. was his kid yeah that, that that was cool to see like not that i would question that but it was yeah. nice to see it you know, and, and displayed and he was okay. And he was okay with him putting that in the episode too. Yes. So yeah, that was really I, awesome. I think that was really, really good. Um, Zach Brown just annoys me. I, I feel like he did not come across well in this, <laughs> in this series. Ugh. When he said at the beginning, I think he introduced himself and I don't know, he made some comment about, you know, I don't have to see a lot of the dickheads I see in the racing season. I was like, really? I mean, even if that's how you feel, you just sound like a douchebag. Are we allowed to say Part that? Part of me thought he was trying to, like, or he is trying to, like, reinvent himself a little bit. I couldn't tell because every time he was dressed up in his suit, I had a hard time recognizing him. Oh. Was I he dressed in his suit often? I don't, I think I remember once. Some but. of the interviews, some of the interviews he would do, 
without the name, I was like, is that? He just looked different than when he's in his other gear. All the other people, they look, I could tell them, I could tell them he's like, for some reason, he just looked different to me dressed up. Oh. Versus when he's out on the grid in his orange. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. So they, I just feel like whatever I, he says. I'm going to keep saying orange because that was part of the commentator said is Cordis Pantone. It's not papaya. It's papaya. We're calling it papaya. I call it papaya. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, some, I agree with Zach on the whole, like Red Bull should not have two teams. Like we need yeah. to do away with that. That I do agree on, but he just seems to, I don't know. Seems like he wants to go in there and I want to know, I want to know what Papa Stroll sent to Zach because he would not say it on there. And I was like, I hope Papa Stroll put him in his place because I feel like Zach comes in like, you know, I'm a big American man. Like, you know, and yeah, I was going to say something else, but never mind. Um, And so I hope, I want to know what he said. He, he was too scared to say it on TV. Too scared. <laughs> yeah, Papa Stroll. This is why we love you. <laughs> like, put him in his place. Anyways, it was good. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, go watch it. It's worth, it's good for the entertainment. And you know what? Since the, we haven't had a race in a while, it was great to get back. I found myself cheering, you know, like during some of the overtakes and, you know, some of the different things. Um, there is a lot missing. Part of me was kind of like, maybe it's just too hard for people that maybe just stumble upon the show to explain. But I think that there were like more toward that goes more toward the technical side, but I think that there were more stories, especially that Americans love, right? Like the underdog coming back, mm -hmm. the comeback story or the decline story. Like I think especially Americans love both of those. And, and we had that. And then you have the rookie winning, a sprint race like that would have been another great story that you could have continued with the whole McLaren like rise out of the ashes right like all of those would have been great stories the disqualifications like that would have been a great story I think even the heat which I agreed it would make F1 not look good um but the race in Qatar where the heat yeah. just wiped everybody out like I think that's kind of an interesting storyline like these drivers what they do, I think they missed an opportunity to talk about how what they do is so hard, but they they pushed and they were stumbling out of their cars. Again, I get that it would make them look bad, but that's an interesting story. Like, exactly. I think that there's so much stuff that they missed that could have drawn people in a little bit more, a little bit more that would be like, I'm new, but hey, this team started here and now they're here. What's going to happen this year? I want to know, are they going to like, that's the kind of stuff that if you want to draw more people into the sport, that's what you need. That's what I you agree. Need. So I agree. you can hire me to consult next year. Netflix. Just say, <laughs> <laughs> I just think they missed out on some good stories to focus on stuff that they could have <clears> talked <throat> about. I mean, I don't know, Pierre and, and Ocon, Okay, we've been around for a while. They tried with Nico and Kevin, and they were both like, well, we grew up, you know, we're dads, so there's not a problem there. Like, <laughs> I think they were trying to find some stuff, but there wasn't a whole lot. No. And they just spent too much time on it, so. I agree. Anyway, All right, well, let's get to this. 
Oh, good. Too, yeah. Preseason testing. Did you hear? He's back to F1. No, I'm on yes. sick. So there's sick. two things. Okay, two things. So a German station picked him up and he's going to do commentary starting with Bahrain this week. So he will be doing commentary. I don't know if it, I'm assuming it's in German. I don't know. Um, but keep an eye out for that, you in Germany. But there was also a rumor that came out that a um, journalist that Gunter spoke to said that Gunter had found a $20 million sponsor for Haas, which they need sponsors, right? But he told Gene he wanted shares. And Gene said no. So Gunter left. It wasn't Gene letting him go. It was Gunter left because he found yet another sponsor who, again, I'm sure wanted to work with Gunter. Interesting. Yeah. So that was from an interview that Gunter did with that journalist. At first, I think Gunter said, no, you can't use it. And then later said, yes, you can. So that journalist has come out and said, I haven't seen anything denying it. So it kind of makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. Anyways, 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 let's talk about preseason testing because both the men and women were testing. I don't have a lot of details about the women, except they were in Jeddah. And Tommy Hilfiger has a car on the grid. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Which, which one are they sponsored? Uh, well, the Tommy Hilfiger car. Um, but <laughs> but I, I cannot remember who's driving. Um, okay. I know. Well, what, I, what, what it just came out this morning. So, yeah. We'll I see it in Barcelona. Yes, we will. I know. I love it. I love that. We know that they, Tommy Hilfiger sponsors Mercedes drivers, right? They're always in Tommy clothes. If you yeah. don't know, now you know, um, to quote Biggie. But uh, anyways, like, yes. So now they are sponsoring a car. So now we'll have the Charlotte Tilbury and their car, the Tommy Hilfiger car is his red, white, and blue. So that'll be kind of fun. Um, anyways, there's a new safety car. Clear well, well, picture car. on our YouTube channel. It's a groovy Aston Martin safety car. Look at that. So cool. It's got I like love it. I oh, love it. All that, like a zebra-ish pattern, random line pattern. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I love it. I, I mean it's black with kind of a tealy color, teal blue color. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not going to miss this car on the track. That's no. for sure. They no, I, I love the patterns. I love the funkiness to it. It's yeah. Awesome. I think it's amazing. Like have some fun with the safety car. Why not? Especially when so many of the other cars are, have so much carbon fiber, <laughs> like let's make this car really fun and wild. So props to whoever came up with that design. I love it. It's amazing. It's so cool. Amazing. And who would have thought that we'd have drain issues during testing? Right? I mean, come on. And, and for a track that's 20 years old, this is the 20th year we've been at this track. Yeah. Ridiculous. And it happened twice. Because I think I missed the one, the second time you had said it. And I'm like, wait, did it happen again? It happened again on Sunday, on this, uh, on Saturday, rather. So on Saturday, Friday. Friday. Friday, sorry. My days are bleeding into being sick and not working. Um, Yeah, so Friday. And so instead of stopping and then having the break and then adding an hour on, because the first time it happened, 
they stopped, they had a break, and then they added an hour onto the second session and made it a longer session. They just decided to keep broadcasting, let it run. So if you've got FNF1 TV subscription, it's a nine hour broadcast. <laughs> oh my God. And they just, they just kept yammering through. And then, and so like, if you ended up running for the day, you just got back out there. And it was interesting when they were switching the cars out, they just, they just got, at one point there was one car on the track just running because wow. there's nobody else out there while people are switching out cars and doing what they got to do and yeah. they got it fixed. But yeah, it's going to be interesting this week and for the, for the race, because they've had it fail twice. I hope we don't have that issue during practice quality or the race. Like, come on. And at least it didn't tear up. I don't think it tore up the floor on the second time, but yeah. Well, Charlotte I mean, did have to replace his yeah. floor. So yeah. and there was a lot of talk about that. There was a lot of talk over the weekend too, about how, you know, when Carlos's floor got torn up in Las Vegas and how he took the 10 place grid penalty and, yeah. And all that kind of stuff, and which was so unfair. I mean, I, to me, this is where they need to look at the rules and be like, if if a track causes now, now I can be fair about it too. If it's in the track inside the white lines, like in Vegas, and it causes a failure of a car part, and it has to be specific, like you can't be like, oh, it damaged the floor, so now we're changing the power unit. Yeah. yeah. Right. Damage right. the floor and change power. You can't change power unit and, and not get a penalty. But this, this one I'm iffy on because it's outside the curb. So I know you can go so far over as long as not all four tires are, but technically eh, you really shouldn't be going outside the line. So I could see this one, you know, the FI, we have compromised. Let's say if it's inside the white lines and it damages the car, that part of the track should be pristine because that tells the drivers, hey, don't go outside the freaking lines. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Because then, then you can you, you have a higher chance of a penalty because those curves a lot of times are spiky anyway. But yeah, mm. this is this this was interesting. Yeah. Let's hope it doesn't happen during any of the yeah, practice quality race. We definitely can't have that. I think this year, hmm probably more than other years. I just don't know where some of these teams are going to line up except for Red Bull, right? Like I just don't know what this constructor is going to look like, but definitely Red Bull. I mean, when Max is happy, it's good, right? Max looked fast. He had some fast times um, for sure. Somebody at Red Bull said they were joyous and happy that I don't remember if that was an engineer, but somebody within Red Bull said they were joyous and happy after preseason testing. And Max said the car is reacting better than last year's car. That's scary. You know, that's scary. And Alonzo yeah. was like, Alonzo was like, yeah, there's 19 drivers right now that there's less of a chance for anybody else to win a race. Yeah. That's where we're at. <laughs> we're, that's where we're at. <laughs> but Adrian Newey, like all the props to him, you know, I love Adrian Newey. He's a wizard. He's a genius. And he said, we knew that everybody was going to copy the RB19. We knew it. We could not just develop that car further. We had to take it another step. It just was yeah. not going to be enough for us to develop last year's car further. Like, and they did. And it looks freaking fast. 
Maybe it's yeah, unreliable, but I don't know. I'm guessing that it is reliable. But yeah, Red Bull, I think, is going to be hard to beat, and Max is going to be hard to beat. We're just in their era right now. We just are. It's yeah, as much as, as much as I think it was Toto during the documentary, it's like, oh, it, it doesn't run in cycles. Yeah, there's cycles. It, this is a cycle. It's the Red Bull cycle right Everybody now. Everybody has cycles. Mercedes yeah. had, had a cycle. Yeah, Ferrari's cycle. had a cycle. Mercedes. Even if you look at other sports, Kansas City Chiefs, the Lakers yeah. at one point, the Boston Celtics. Like, you know, there there's teams that do go through cycles, and they just get better and better and better. It happens right now. It's just the Red Bull. And I sad to say in a way, but I think we're just going to be looking at a lot of more Red Bull wins this season. <laughs> so it was neat watching all the testing though, with all the, the way they do the testing with all the, the equipment and everything. Yes. So let's talk about that. Cause I know you have photos. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. And, and I really want to call out the site that I got these from that. It, I don't know the photographers because it's just initials on it. But the website, it's a German website called Auto Motor und Sport. Und is and in German for uh, the non-German speakers. So these are some really cool photos from various photographers who are there. Um, look at these things. Look at these different aero rakes. Is that, when I think aero rakes, when I first you know, got into this last year, it was just the set that I would see that were, like you see um, in this bottom picture on the left, if you're on our YouTube channel, that are like right behind the wheels, right? Yeah. And, and you see those out. But when I got into it, there's some behind the, the back of the car. Stake had them formed around the edge. There's these outside of RB, or Red Bull rather, that are just like right on the side of the motor, you know, the intake yeah. of the motor. And and, and then this off the, the Aston Martin, they're all over the place. Like it's amazing. Yeah. All these different aero rakes and how they're getting all this equipment, which of course, adds a lot of weight to the car as it's going around and some drag and whatnot. But I, I think it's fascinating to see. It's not one size fits all. Yeah. I love that this year. Also, um, Ferrari did the same mistake where they had some that were formed to um, the car. And I think maybe in the same place. So that looks like it's right by the, um, the hood of the, why am I drawing a blank on the name? The gear. Oh, oh my gosh. Anyways, it's up there towards the top. It's still early here. Like the sun is just coming up. Um, but they had the same. So again, if you don't know what the aero rakes are or what they do, it really is a way for the teams to collect more data about how the air is flowing over the car out on track. It's one thing to get that data when you're in a simulator and how you think it's going to operate, how the air is going to flow around the car on track. But there's nothing like actually being out on track to see what's happening. So is this data the same as what they they thought they were going to get from their simulator runs? I just, I, it's so interesting to me. So interesting. And they were all over all the cars. I yeah, love it's fascinating. That. And then they have the FlowViz, right? So Flo look at this FlowViz. There's just a handful of pictures from FlowViz. And you can see on the the back end of the McLaren, this one in the middle, the top middle, and if you're watching YouTube, um, is from the, the Red Bull. You can see below the, is it a side pod? Is it not a side pod? Um, yeah. The area, I love these on the, the, the Williams car. You yeah. can really see that going across the, the, the suspension of the wheels. And then we talked about it last week. I was like, what color are they going to put on the state car? Because you can't put green. We yes. see green. They used red Flovis on there. So 
I had to grab a picture of that because I, I thought that was interesting to see it. It was yeah. funny because there were teams that used that neon green um, on their car. And I thought it was the state car, but it, it wasn't. It was <laughs> the car was so green. I saw that too because the car was just so green when it got off the so green. Off, I can't remember the, if it was the R oh, it's gonna take me forever to R C A V B V carb. V carb. Um all oh, right, V carb, not R. V carb. I think maybe it was them, but there was so much green. I was like, oh, look at that state car go. And it was like, no, that is not the state car. But I, I really agree with you on here. The Flovis that they're showing on Alex's car, the Williams number 23, is so you can see like the purpose of this is to put they slap this paint all over it and go out there. And how is that paint moving? And you can see the streaks right on both of those um pictures mm -hmm. of Alex's car where, okay, where is it going? How is the air moving that uh, across the car? So interesting. Yeah. And what I, two things you, know, you think of one, we'll say this middle bottom one, those are like some vents and whatnot. I thought it was neat to see that to see how it goes in there. So you can see the air coming across the, like those vents. Yeah. Then my husband was like, then how do they get all this clean? They gotta clean it. Somebody's gotta clean it. And then, then look at all the crevices where they've got to get it all cleaned out and yeah, and, and all intakes and all that, that it can't damage all the mechanics and, and whatnot. So more stuff to really dig into this year and, and, and explain some of the, the technicalities of the sport because it's quite fascinating. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing. And I love like some of it's high tech, some of it's kind of low tech. You know, I think yeah. this is kind of like a low tech way, but it's very effective. They're getting the data that they need. So love that. Yeah, really fascinating. So yeah, so really a huge shout out to the Automotor and Sport in Germany website and, and all the photographers that contributed there because uh, it's like AMS and DPE. I, I, I don't know who they were, but I want to call it out for, for us, you know, graciously borrowing and calling out those because those are amazing shots. Yeah, they really, really are. I love that. Well, let's talk about some of the teams, um, just yeah. kind of what we saw, like, Mercedes, both George and Lewis said they feel like it's on the right track, this car, um, but they're, a, you know, Red Bull's still a step ahead. So there's that. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. I, I think um, the, there was big news about them, like adding a WhatsApp button to their steering wheel so they could talk to the drivers that way. Yeah. I, I thought that was interesting. I know. I'm like, is it, are they really using WhatsApp? <laughs> Like, or is it just a sponsor? I, I honestly I know. don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what's have to talk to me. It's a lot easier than, than how we talk. But anyway, but yeah, it's, it, I thought it was interesting too. I'm like, I use WhatsApp. Can I get in on that channel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do we, you know, somebody, here's the thing. If it really is WhatsApp, like somebody I'm sure can hack into that. Could I, nah, I mean, WhatsApp is no different than you and I using Messenger. It's, it's oh. just another I mean, WhatsApp is like, WhatsApp is very similar to Messenger or, or chat or whatnot. I mean, it's just another okay. chat tool. All right. Well. Also anyway. owned by Meta. It's also owned by Facebook Meta. So. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, one thing that I thought that Mercedes did that. Oh, was let, me, let me preface it before I come out with people. Anything can be hacked. Yes. Anything <laughs> can be hacked. But it's, you know, anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just that requires too much work for somebody. But one of the things that was pointed out during 
testing was Mercedes was giving themselves either for testing or to use during the season, an, I guess I would say like suspension options. So yes. they inserted a panel at the front yeah. suspension and they placed it like at an angle this way at one point, they had it more like this at one point, trying different things without having to cha change like the whole chassis. So usually when you're doing those kind of changes with those suspension rods, this was at the front of the car, um, you have to change, like it requires you to change the whole chassis setup. This little cutout that they just like put in where you could just move the rods, so interesting. And I'm kind of so like, you've got a transformer thing. And I, and I wondered, yeah. they were testing it. I wondered if they're going to keep that going forward. That's what I was just so going to say. Depending on the conditions of, of a track and not, yeah. I mean, I could be changing your suspension before each race, but you could be in the race and be like, uh, this isn't working right. And just change it real quick. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, that would be a very long pit stop. I don't think you would ever. No, want to I mean, do like, like even, I don't know, between or something, between, Session. between, um, a couple hours in between. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I see. It's just mean. not, it's not as grandiose as taking the whole car, car apart, changing the chassis out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, changing the chassis would be an entire, I, I mean, are you even allowed to change the chassis during the? the season? I don't know. I'm guessing yes. But anyways, I just thought this was so ingenious. And I thought the same as you, like, are they going to use this throughout the, the season? Like to change it for a different track setup? Like I am going to keep an eye on that because I thought that was so neat and very smart on somebody's part. <laughs> very, very smart. So we'll have to check in on Mercedes. Williams had some reliability issues early on, but they did seem to finish strong. So come on, Williams. I really, really, really want them to do well this year. I want them to kind of jump up quite a bit. Um, for Ferrari, Charles seemed really happy with the car. He said it reacted the way they wanted it to. And it's better than last year, what they started with last year. So again, hoping that Ferrari, I mean, both he and Carlos had some fast times. You can't put a lot of stock in the times I know, but they did. And they had some good reliability seemed to be good. <laughs> like it, the, the, the consensus of a lot of the commentators, analysts, and something I'll show a little bit later on is that Ferrari is the second best team this year. Okay. Well, they were also the second best team last year after preseason testing and we ended up fourth. So I'm just saying, <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Okay. Do not laugh, but it's true. It happened. And so, yeah, let's hope it doesn't. McLaren, I think, I think McLaren has a lot more. I think a lot of teams have a lot more to show us, which we'll talk about in a second, but um, I think McLaren could be, up there fighting for like think, the constructors. I think they could be what concerns about them is they were looking good at the end of last year, but there was they were they were having a few issues with the car you know, during testing yeah. and and it just concerns me a little bit of you know, it, it has me reminiscent of Aston Martin, you know, doing really good last year, and then they made a couple tweaks and then they just tanked the car. It's like what did you tweak 
over the break? What have you done yeah. different on this that you did, did you screw something up? You know, which yeah. makes me hope that Aston Martin undid whatever juju that they did in, in Canada last year and actually has a competitive car this year. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I need Aston Martin Mercedes to do well. Those are my two teams. And <laughs> well, um, so Mike Crack, our one of our favorite principals, um, said they got through their whole program. So, you know, every team comes in with what they want to test and how they want to do it. They got through all of it. He felt that they were reliable. Um, he thought that they are going to have a good start to the season, which they did last year. And then, like you said, it went downhill. But he feels like they had a very solid test. Um so I don't think we've seen everything that they can do. Again, they could be very competitive. It's going to be competitive in that second, third, fourth, maybe fifth spot. Yeah. 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 I mean, they didn't push, like, like you said, that most people don't push hard during testing. They didn't push, then they, they definitely have promise because Fernando was putting in some pretty decent times. And when he pushed it, yes, they pushing, it was looking pretty good. Um, so yeah, you know, Friday. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm oh my gosh, I'm so excited about all of this. So there were a couple teams that are so the V carb team, um, Daniel said they're okay. They need to find some pace. They're not gonna be the quickest car out of the box. Um, so maybe they're not the RB19, or maybe he's just sandbagging. <laughs> like because I feel like he and Yuki were kind of up there at different points. Um and I forget by who that made me think it definitely wasn't the RB19 that it was like, you know, we didn't do an exact copy, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I no. can't recall what it was. So, which is good because I mean, that's one thing that we talked about. I mean, I didn't think that they could just copy exactly, but they can take some of those ideas. But you know yeah. what team is like getting trashed right now? Alpine. Alpine. Everybody's saying there's, they're going to be the slowest on the grid, probably next to Haas. So we'll give Haas that. But um, there's Pierre said it doesn't look great. <laughs> there's room for improvement. Um, the rumors are out there that the car's overweight. It's aerodynamically inefficient. It's slow both on like a quick lap and like race pace. <laughs> like. <sighs> And supposedly some of their bigger engineers are going to be leaving the team. I feel like people maybe have, have seen like, yeah, this team does not have it going on right now. And they just had that huge influx of, well, cash from all their celebrity investors. Like yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I just, oh, poor Alpine. I, it just does not sound good for them. It doesn't sound good for them at all. So, and you hate to start like on the back foot. I almost feel like Alpine is the McLaren from last year. Like at testing last year, McLaren was like, we suck. And we're not, you know, we have all these upgrades that are coming, but not until, you know, was what, four or five races in or something like that. Summer. I mean, summer. I think, it's, yeah, I know. When was Silverstone? Cause it was like right before Silverstone that, but I mean, you don't want to start the season where you're already like, this is, <laughs> this is not good. And now we have to play catch up. You made me think just there. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely proves we're not, we're not really scripted. We have notes, but we're not scripted. Um, 
I wonder if Alpine got so much play in the Netflix series because they had so much Hollywood influence on the team now. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, other than Ryan Reynolds, they didn't really talk about all the people that came in after that. You no, know, because there was a whole group that came in after, but. Yeah, yeah could be though. You never know. Anyway. I feel like it, they were more trying to push the whole, like, well, the Otmar thing happened and then. Um, so there was a little drama there. And then the whole like uh, um, Ocon, Gasly, they grew up as kids and don't like each other. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, like, it's a weird thought. Yeah. It, you know. anyway. We'll have to see. Like, I feel like I'm so excited because everything is possible right now. It's Monday, race week, you know, race week, our first race week. Anything could happen. Who's going to be on the podium? Who knows? We didn't see everything in testing like we talked about. The teams will sandbag. They're going to complain so no one truly knows what they have going on. Um, I want to say the first real test is going to be this week, but at the same time, different tracks, cars are going to perform better on different tracks. So just because a team doesn't do well in Bahrain doesn't mean they won't necessarily do well in Saudi um, the following week. And we've yeah. seen teams go like start out great. Hello, Aston Martin last year and fall off or McLaren at the bottom. And then, you know, shoot shine. So, and, and while these are not new teams per se, because even though Danny joined a little late, they've been together for a while. Yeah. They're newer cars. So it, it's going to be an interesting play. I, I'm struggling to figure out who I want on my fantasy team, and I would be a little more active on my fantasy team this year. I but I need yeah, to be on a fantasy team yet, but I need to. But as far but, as predictions go, like I can only say, like Red Bull's going to win. Max is going to yeah. do great. There's your there's your top two, but where everybody else is going to fall, that's why I'm so excited because it's like there's all these teams that I want to see out there. I want to see Williams. I want to see if they've progress is alpine as bad as they say is haas just gonna do the haas thing like you know where, where are these other teams gonna and i have that chart if you want me to show it now that i got oh, from yeah, I forgot about that yes please this is the simulation pace that is that they're doing from the data from the weekend of course you know and, and predictions and whatnot that the f1 and experts have come up with f1.com is saying based on what they think is going to be quality this week I'm really look where high Alpine is, and they've got Williams and Haas at the bottom, Salber and uh, Alpine, you know, kind of tied there at the bottom. But then Aston Martin, ugh, they've got V-Carb up higher, That's and then Mercedes, McLaren, Ferrari. Wow. Oh, yeah. And look at McLaren ahead of Mercedes, who finished mm -hmm. last year second in the constructor. Don't forget. Um, mm -hmm. That's really interesting. It's interesting to see the V-carb up there ahead of Aston Martin. Yeah. And Williams to be so low. Yeah. They have Williams like second to last with Haas being yeah. last, but Williams second to last? Like what? I feel I like you switch to Alpine Sauber and put Williams there. So move Alpine Sauber down. Haas can still be at the bottom. Alpine Sauber down. They're tied plus 1.03 seconds behind the Red Bull is what the simulation pace is saying. Then move the Williams there and then flip the Aston Martin and the Red Bull. That's how I would do it, but what do I know? <laughs> yeah, look at that. They've got Aston Martin a 0.12 seconds fully behind VCARP or RB or whatever the heck you want to call them. Yeah, that's crazy. 
That's absolutely crazy. I don't, I don't know, but see, that's where I don't put a lot of stock into the times, but they, you know, I'm sure these experts have their, their formula, but will the Red Bull V carb team be that far up? Oh my gosh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd be so excited for Yuki and, and Daniel, like that would be incredible, but yeah craziness crazy well it's race week i can't believe we've talked an almost an hour oh my gosh i know so let's get through this it's crazy um okay so like i said we've got back to back so we're bahrain then we're saudi then we have a week off which is good because i have a spring training game um and then we're back at it so here's what you need to know about racing in bahrain um it's on saturday don't forget the first two weeks the back to back we're racing on Saturday. So you've got Thursday is FP1 and FP2, Friday, FP3 and Quali, and then Saturday is the race. For me, Quali's at 9 a.m. and I don't have a meeting and um, on Friday. And then Saturday, the race is at 8 a.m. So I'm super, super excited that it's not ridiculous time uh, for me. Midnight for me. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm, I'm on sick leave, so that's fine. I'll say There leave. you go. There you go. Okay. If you're on our YouTube channel, you're going to see the Bahrain track that Claire has pulled up for us. Here's what we got. 57 laps. There's three DRS zones, and it's 5.412 kilometers um, per lap. They go clockwise, right? So that's all cool. Um, they did preseason testing on this track. So if you didn't know where they did that, it was here. So hopefully some of the cars will be real dialed in um, and like fully optimized for race day. The elements can be tricky in Bahrain. So not only do you have the wind, so we'll talk about that at different corners, um, but it it kind of changes directions. And so in an you know one and a half hour race or maybe up to two hour race, the wind can be changing um, direction. You have a wide range of temperatures. So like when you're doing practice or when you're doing quality is going to be very different from when you're racing under the lights at night. So the, it's kind of hard to fully dial in your car when you're dealing with all these different temperature um, changes. So there's that. And like I said, they, they go at night, they run at night. It's well, a, then we have the rain. <laughs> <laughs> is it supposed to rain? No, the, the drain. Oh, the, the drain. drain. Yeah, we have to fight the, the drain. Yes. The drain, the drain issue. Hopefully that doesn't re- rear it to you. Please no, please no. We do not want that. Um, it's a rough track, so they are going to be using some of the harder um, compounds as far as tires go, and we'll probably see more um, tire deg. So that could be tricky as you get, you know, you got to plan your stops. I don't know. I feel like this is a one stopper. It's only 57 laps. And if you're using the harder tires, hopefully one I don't remember what they did last year, if it was one or two. Yeah, I remember. that's a good point. It's with it being um, the harder tires, I think it should only be a one stop. Yeah. Um, wait, can you pull that back up again? Because I do want to talk like, for people that are watching the YouTube channel. Um, yeah. So turn 10 down there in sector two, kind of just past the DRS zone. That's a little bit tricky. If you were watching testing, you saw that turn. It's a very, like you're putting on the brakes and, and turning. It's also a little bit downhill. Um, so it can it can be a little bit tricky there. 
when you, they start coming into 11, turn 11, so there's a long straight there, and then they come into turn 11, um, that can be very windy. And then you go to turn 12, sort of a turn there, um, and that's a little bit uphill, but it's super, super quick. So as you're coming through that, you can also get hit with wind. So there's all these different areas, especially right in there, turn 10, 11, 12, where you can be dealing with wind, but also some different elevations. So a little bit downhill at 10, a little bit uphill at 12. So you've got all of that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we should section two that? stops. Two oh, stops. Stop. two stop. Okay, two stops. Yeah, I'm looking at last year's race, and uh, I see Russell did two stops. Ocon did three. Leclerc did two. Max did two. Okay, so two several that did three though, like Albon, Gasly, Yuki, Sargent, Mag, Nico, Zhao, Zhou did three. Lando did five. Well, Lando oh, did six Lando. actually. So he was having Lando car had, problems. But. Lando had issues last year. Remember yeah. his poor thing. But so, but you know, what's interesting is you're saying a lot of those teams that did three are teams that are towards the bottom. So maybe yeah. the tire degradation, I don't remember the specifics, but maybe that's what, what that was. Most, most everyone did two. Okay. So we're looking at two stops. There should be a lot of overtaking. We've got three DRS zones. So hopefully we'll see some action on the track, but I think we're all just excited to get back out there and really see what these cars what they Absolutely. can do on this track. Ah! I'm excited. I'm so I'm excited. excited. We're, we're, we're back. We're back. We're back. Back in Bahrain. I cannot wait. I just cannot wait. So, yeah. Next week, we'll be talking about what happened. <laughs> yep. And then on to the next one. And we're just starting to count down to Barcelona. So, we're just getting there. Yeah. Yay. All right. Well, it's so good to see you. I'm finally talking about an upcoming race. Yay. I know. I know. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Tell Ooh. us your predictions. Hit us up in, I don't know, All Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Tell us your predictions. We're going to be thinking through ours, and we will post our predictions on race day. Who will be on the podium? Oh, gosh. That's going to be so tough. I know. Oh, my gosh. I have no idea. I'm going to have to wait until practice and quali. Yeah, me too. Oh my gosh. We have to, you know what? We need to start our um, fantasy league too. So yeah, I've got to get on that. Things to do this week, people. Get on your fantasy teams. Let's go. <laughs> right. We'll see you then. All right. Thanks for coming along on this long ride, but it's a good one. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Mm -hmm.